A controversial porn movie really blows it. Does Harry Styles go in more than one direction? And a way to gas up your relationship, coming up today on The Point. Hello and welcome to The Point, the only talk show bringing gay and straight men together to see what happens. And every time I do that, there's some noise coming out of your body. I know. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. I don't actually. It's okay. You don't apologize? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, okay, so Matt's still out of town, but we've got Tegan here. Yes. Hello. I, I feel like I'm, I'm part of the family. I'm so happy to be back. One of the sisters. Yeah. Uh, Doug, still under the weather, although on the mend, and he promises he will be with us for the, uh, the season finale next week. And we have back with us cultural anthropologist in training, <laughs> Kevin Nixon. Thanks for having Hi, me back, guys. Hi. We had so much to talk about to you about masculinity and sexuality and all that, that we had you back to talk about some more stuff. Uh, which brings us to talking point number one, calling insecurity. So a new study has come out showing science, showing that men who, <laughs> science, but I, I, no, I say that because I think most of us would assume that men who are straight men who are sexist, homophobic, uh, are just insecure in their own mm -hmm. masculinity. But now uh, a study has borne that out. Uh, a study published in Sex Roles, which sounds like a journal I need to be reading. <laughs> Sex Roles, um, 166 heterosexual men were asked their beliefs on a number of different things. Uh, and it turns out that yes, it is actually um, based on their own insecurity about uh, uh, sexuality, their masculinity, um, when presented with sexist jokes, homophobic jokes. Um, I'm wondering if that surprises you or if hmm. you saw research that bore that out in other ways? I mean, I've certainly seen similar research like this that's kind of challenged some of these ideas around like whether um, men who are homophobic might be having homoerotic desires themselves or just might have insecurity around their gender identity, I mean, or their sexuality. I think masculinity, uh, as we talked about on the last show, is something that's really um, carefully patrolled. Um, and so I think when you're insecure about it, there's often a need to sort of uh, find ways of re-solidifying it and against something, you know, mm -hmm. acting out. And, and I think that that's a level of insecurity. So I think the research supports some of it. Tegan, you had, uh, you were saying you had a thought about this. Uh, that's always how I felt. I see when someone goes so far in one direction to, pr one direction. <laughs> one direction. <laughs> to, pr to prove who they are, whether it's ultra feminine or ultra masculine, you can just kind of see insecurity there. Someone needs to define themselves by a very specific label. I'm wondering what you think in terms of, because we know that homophobia, but particularly sexism does occur amongst gay men as well. So I was wondering if you thought that also comes from insecurity in one's own sexuality or at least masculinity. I think so sometimes. I mean, it depends on who the sexism is being directed at. You know, I think certainly, um, when we're talking about gay men being misogynistic or sexist, uh, that can be to reaffirm a sense of uh, that kind of dominant masculinity that we really value uh, or that society really values, but that we hope to challenge. 
Um, but yeah, we do perpetuate, I think, a lot of uh, sexism in particular against women, you know, saying things like vaginas are gross or, you know, just feeling like we could you know, grab at women's bodies, you know. And so that does show a level of insecurity, definitely. Like, I think that can definitely be part of it and can contribute to the sexism in our community and more broadly speaking, even outside the queer community. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, of course, attitudes like this are changing over time. And this study actually, well, this was a poll. It was a Harris poll commissioned by the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, GLAAD, uh, found that 12% of the U.S. population now identifies as LGBTQ in some way, which is higher than it has been in the past. Uh, and it, it's highest among amongst millennials. Uh, you're all considered millennials, correct? Are you, what is it? Is it what eighty-two? Millennial to... is. Um, I don't think. Uh, millennial is younger than thirty-five. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So Gen X is thirty-five to fifty-one. That's me, and then Boomers are fifty-two to seventy-one, and Millennials are much more likely to identify as LGBTQ as uh, older generations. Because they're just more open-minded. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it? That's it. Uh, I think it's just like, there's also some people that are like, just looking for something to identify as, you know? Like some people though. Like do, that's So do you rare. think it's it's trendy? I think it's then? trendy, yeah. yeah. Tumblr? Really? Tumblr? You've been on Tumblr? No. Yeah. What, so, okay, uh, I don't tumble. So me explain neither. to me. I don't know. I don't how, know. Does the how does Tumblr tie into this? Oh, there's just like a lot of like, people like looking for, I don't know, I guess they're like looking for something to identify as, like kind of almost like looking for a struggle. Like I'm not saying like they looking might not- for a struggle. Yeah, like I'm not saying like they're not gay or they're not like what they feel, but you know, it's like, they might not be, you know? Mm -hmm. like, they are seeking attention. I kind of agree with that. Everybody looks for labels. Everybody likes to label themselves. Like I'm a gay, white, top, what, whatever, this is like long list of things that you are. And when you take a 10,000 foot view of like the earth, none of it really matters. Like you aren't all those things that. Like I feel like, uh, like 10 years ago, like a bisexual person would be like now like, like a, like a something, like, like something newer. I don't wanna say newer, but like, like a, like a pansexual or like. Well, the terms like evolve, I guess. Like a. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a, it's like a, it's not, I'm not saying it's like a new thing, but like that's just the way like they, they, they're seeing like more stuff to be. And so like, they're like, oh, well, I'm like all these stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was not, I was just a white, I was like a white guy. And now I'm like all these stuff. Like, you know, I was, <laughs> now I'm like, I'm yeah. so much stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm so many things. Like uh, I have did, a struggle. I could fight for something. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it does, is there research that bears that out that there's some identity in terms of wanting to feel part of something? Um, I mean, I think everybody, you know, I mean, there's a level of identification and taking on an identity that is be part of a community. But I think um, what we're seeing now is as we're starting to open up about sexuality and gender, I mean, we're learning so much more, we're doing so much more research. I think what we're finding is that uh, people, I think it is changing. People are, um, hopefully, becoming you know, less homophobic, uh, less transphobic, I and mean, we hope to move in that direction. I mean, I think we're starting to see people open up ideas about gender and sexuality. I think we also have to think about the fact that we're living in a technological era of social networking. 
And now people can reach out to people at a distance and connect, mm. you know, create communities. And through communities, we can develop new identities. And so we can create new identity categories. Then other people can say, oh, I'm part of that community. I identify with that. And we see that happen all the time with sexuality. Um, where, you know, let's say a particular community has a particular sexual interest or proclivity. They can get online and say, I'm going to start a group for people who are into this particular activity. And then other people can say, you know, I'm into that as well. And I'm going to become part of that community. So we're seeing an explosion, really, in new identity categories. And I don't always think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, for some people, it's a way to connect with people that are like them. Maybe, you know, they're living in a community where there's not much acceptance for that. Um, so it, it is a way to reach out and to connect. Of course, not everybody wants to identify themselves. Harry Styles, formerly of One Direction, uh, he gave an interview. Well, he's been promoting his uh, self-titled debut solo album, which, Tito, you are now a fan of. You are now a fan. I, I like him now, and I like his single is okay. I don't hate it when it's on, but I'm not. Gonna I think it's a great it. song. It yeah. it's reminiscent of the Beatles. Yeah, I I agree. It has that like Isn't old school like Brit pop. Yeah, yeah. It gives yeah. Me the, a little, like, Aerosmith the writing is clever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he gave an interview uh, at, in which he refused to identify his sexual orientation or sexuality, although he did praise Miley Cyrus for coming out as pansexual. And it has led others to surmise that he as well is pansexual. Do we care? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? Is yeah, it? It does because what he's is, a guy. What is pansexual? Is that just like bisexual? Like it, you're just like you don't care about? It's sex with cookware. Amazing. <laughs> no, that's I, what I thought. <laughs> pa, pa, my Smash understanding. Pans are kinky. Yeah, I know. I, um, <laughs> uh, my understanding is that pansexuality like bisexuality means that the gender of the object of your affection is irrelevant. But pansexuality dismisses the whole binary notion of gender. Okay. Whereas if you say I'm bisexual, then I'm into men or women, right? But if you say pansexual, I'm into men, women, and everything in between. Right. Because gender is not, am, am I? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Is that pretty accurate? Right. I should have deferred to the expert on, on these issues. Um, I, but of course, pop culture, celebrity obsession, we want to know everything. But I have never seen Harry Styles with a guy. Like, I don't see that. I mean, everyone hopes that's. Okay. <laughs> Does everyone hope? I know. Do I you do. hope? Yeah, that'd be cute. That'd be cute. <laughs> well, there were rumors about him There's and. There's always like one in a, in a boy band, right? <laughs> well, but there were rumors of him and Louis, T Louis Tomlinson. Yeah, but those rumors start with like creepy fans that start drama like that. And, I mean, five, and, but has it was you, wasn't it? Fifth Harmony has it too. It's like there's always something like that. But were the, was, was there lesbianism in Fifth Harmony? Well, Lauren's bisexual. Oh, okay. But they weren't like doing each other. No, but of course no. fans are gonna be like they're 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 in love. But the or, oh, okay. Yeah. But the uh, that would be great. Though. But <laughs> I know that would be cute. Um, but he has he's uh, Harry Styles has always had these rumors out there about him and. He has addressed uh, when asked about that, and he says, "It's Larry, yeah, Louis and Harry, Larry." Yeah. Oh, do they have like a like yeah. a Larry? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> like a Brangelina. Sounds like one. Yeah, it just just sounds like a guy. Yeah. Just like one, <laughs> just one person. Just one. Well, person, when you put you know? two guys together, they're one one guy. One Larry. Mm -hmm. One Harry, Larry. But is it? <laughs> is, I mean, 
although there is a, a, I mean, pop culture does impact how people, and particularly millennials, yeah. view issues such as this. So, so is it, it there is, are more of them? Than is it important, acceptable. as as sort of our pop culture expert here, is it important for Harry Styles? to identify himself, even if he would identify as pansexual, or is it better that he just leave it vague? No, I think everybody has to stand for something nowadays, and it's good that he said that. You well, don't want he any, praised Miley, but he didn't identify himself. Well, then what is the whole thing yeah, about him happened? being pansexual about? Well, that he praised Miley for being pansexual, so speculation. but he wouldn't say what he is. Well, some people just really like to be private. I don't know. I think it'd be great if he did come out as pansexual. That's awesome. So, Harry, when you're in town, let us know and we can talk about it. Um, uh, on the, uh, the masculine versus feminine tip, uh, I was also um, intrigued by uh, this article in uh, the Daily Mail out of the UK uh, about, a, uh, this is another study, finding that in order to be social, men need to drink, but women do not. Uh, Women have a e much easier time being social in social situations without alcohol, where men need the alcohol. I don't know. I mean, you work like at a bar. I feel like in certain situations, um, like there's some bars or clubs that I have been to where I wouldn't be able to go if I was sober because it's just... Not fun. I would just fight people because they're super drunk and annoying. Yeah. But that's just me. Just, but like, well, I don't know. I find that... I don't, you I'm don't not, want to be around drunk people. Drunk people are yeah, annoying. Yeah, but if you're yeah. one of those drunk people, then it's totally fine. But then you're still exactly. annoying. Yeah, but, but at least everyone that. is like being so it's, annoying. Oh, oh, wait. So, so it's okay to be annoying if you don't know you're annoying? Absolutely. Well, no. You know you're annoying, but you know everyone else around <laughs> you is annoying. So it's fine. So it's okay to be annoying. Well, you if, never drink when you go out. So like, how I do you not feel? Never. How do you feel? Oh, about drunk people are annoying. How about when I'm drunk around you? Um, I don't find you that annoying. That annoying. That's you saying a lot. <laughs> now, but, but it's interesting though, because this study was about straight men and straight women, um, that men need to drink to be social, but I would say that gay men also hey. need to drink to... Well, I think this is interesting, like, I, I'd be curious, like, again, going back to what we were talking about last episode, like, what kind of, what forms of masculinity do they adhere to? Like, is this a thing where they're trying to act stoic? You know, they're trying to mm -hmm. be sort mm -hmm. of... You know, that sociality is almost seen as too feminine. Like, there's that idea a lot of guys need to drink, especially straight guys, in order to relate, you know, emotionally, to have a good time, to touch their friend, mm. to, that that lets down a barrier. Yeah. You know, and this for them, one might be read as gay. Um, you know, that could be an element well, of it, that it, it aids in this kind of socialization. I find that gay men, in order to go out, I mean, I, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of gay men, in order to go out and have fun and in order to in, to actually interact mm -hmm. with people they need to be I think in general it's a disinhibitor yeah yeah you know I mean it allows people to relax to a certain extent and I mean if we're talking if the study is talking about straight men I mean again going I mean back I'm to drunk talk, right now that's <laughs> <laughs> what's in these cups yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> but I mean even if we're talking about straight men in particular like adhering to a particular again a particular type of masculinity like we said that's really patrolled and regulated that type of mess. So sometimes having a drink might allow you to sort of be like, oh, I don't care how people are looking at me. I don't have to play this particular role, <coughs> you know, and act the part. Mm -hmm. I can just sort of let go. Right. And I'm not concerned with, you know, 100%. how I'm looking to other people, basically. Yeah, that's definitely why I do it. Yeah. 
That study mm -hmm. is also in the Daily Mail. Right. That's a different culture. I, I've watched 20 years you of Coronation the Street. The British. Yes, yeah. and they are yeah, always at the pub. And every day after work, so there's a pub culture there. And um, in my experience watching Coronation Street, that study is true. So, so, <laughs> so your experience on this issue has to do with television. Yeah, because Audrey and Gail, they don't drink at the pub. <laughs> Which, Audrey and Gail. Yeah. I don't know. But speaking oh, yeah. of television, it's time oh, yeah. for Tito's Midpoint. This is a perfect little ciggy. So this week we're playing Brownie Points. So just chime in with what you think the answer is. Um, it is LGBTQ TV characters. So just guess the TV show. I'm going to list um, a bunch of the character names and you guys just scream out the TV show that they're in. Scream. Scream, shout, let it all out. First character in this TV show is Waylon Smithers Simpsons. Jr. Correct. Excellent. <laughs> Doug's not even here. Smithers. I put it in for him. He's such a Simpsonite. I know. Okay. Smithers. Next, Piper Chapman. Orange is the New oh, Black. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I don't watch it. I feel I, like uh, a bad gay. I feel like these references might be too new for me. Right. Some of the actually, shows. Actually, they when we be. were talking about this, I was throwing out some names and he's like, I don't Stephen know Stephen Carrington. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like, who? Yeah, exactly. Dynasty. <laughs> okay. Which is coming back. Oh, I can't wait for that. Okay. Um, Annalise Keating. Oh, uh, 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 How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> now, is she bisexual or pansexual? She's by. I don't. I, I would don't say. Know. I would say. Willow Rosenberg. Oh, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> You're so excited. I just love Buffy. I it's know. my favorite show. Arizona Robbins. Callie Torres. Is that two people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One very long name. They're surgeons. Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Oh. I've never seen the show in my life, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch it. I have to Grace. give clues. Will Truman. Will and Grace. It's an easy oh, one. Yeah. Just Jack. Yeah. Which is coming back. I am. Can, can we talk about how excited. Did you see the preview clip yes, with the musical the, number? Yeah, excellent. Oh my God. I, I can't, can't wait. speak right now. No. I can't. Like, the new. I'm so excited about Will and Grace. Very back. few sitcoms are still funny that long after yeah. and that's a show that's yeah. still very clever and yeah, it's, yeah, it's it kind of like the golden girls right yeah it's, it's still funny yeah. today golden okay girls next i don't think anyone's gonna get it but i love this show kasima no felix dawkins is that a targaryen okay. <laughs> <laughs> no delphine cormier so it's Sense the, eight? it's no it's filmed in toronto Orphan Black. Black. Yes. How the hell did you go right to that? What's that? Because that's a famous... Orphan Black on BBC. Tatiana Maslany? It was either going to be Orphan Black or Designated Survivor. Why is too many names? And I watched Designated Survivor. <laughs> too many names. It's such a good show. Anyway. Yeah, it's won a bunch of awards, even in, in the state. I mean, She's it's... a great Tatiana is amazing. Yeah. She plays like... Ten, ten well, different she, like characters. Like a clone. It's all, yeah. she's a clone. There are like ten clones of her and she plays all but the like clones. But like she can act as one of the clones pretending to be another clone. It's like 
her acting is just. I need to catch amazing. up. Basically, the whole thing is a clone show. Okay. <laughs> oh, I have wow. a lot of things to watch because I literally watched like uh, Murder She Wrote. That's yeah. Like, you need to stop. Well, well, how old did you turn? Like. Hashtag, yeah. how old is Tegan? How old am I? You have such an old soul. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, Jessica Fletcher, though, I mean. I mean, murder shit back in the day, yes. Yeah. Murder she wrote. How to get away with murder she wrote. Go. <laughs> Renly Baratheon. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I thought someone was going to say faster than me. J Jamal Lyon. Empire. Oh, Empire. <laughs> I got one. got one. one. <laughs> Cookie, I love Cookie. Oh, she's my spirit animal. I love Cookie. Taraji P. Henson's amazing. Stop. Okay. Emily Fields. Alison De Laurentiis. Paige McCullers. Clueless. No! <laughs> no, he's saying he's clueless. He has no idea. <laughs> um, it has a lot of cute girls. Hmm. Um, they're called liars. Pretty, pretty little liars. Pretty little liars. Pretty big yeah. liars. Actually, and, and the I'm gonna get plays... in trouble because I have a friend who used to work on Pretty Little Liars, and he'll be angry that I didn't. Do well, that. Shay Mitchell is, plays Emily Field. She plays lesbian, and she's from um, Richmond Hill or Toronto. Oh, or, uh, she's, she's, no, from she's from the, Mississauga. Actually, she's from the Toronto area. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, last one, Santana Lopez. Oh, um. Uh, Glee? Kurt Oh, Santana, oh. yeah. Wow. I didn't, I don't, I couldn't have told you her last name. Well, she had one. Well, now I know. And Kurt Hummel. Well, look at that. And Brittany S. Pierce. Brittany S. Pierce. Right, she was oh, bi, yeah. right? Yeah, her and yeah. Santana were. Right, yeah. Oh, right, right. Glee. Right, right. Glee. That's a show that's not going to hold up over time. Never No, it's already Also, painful. Demi Lovato was in Glee and she played a Right. Bi. She was yeah. in that too. Yeah, oh. but Glee's not gonna. Stay Santana. No. It's like, what was the uh, fame? I'm gonna live forever. Yeah, there was a few of those like music TV shows yeah, like, in the 80s gonna... that you watch them now and you're like, ooh. Mm. Like yeah. Kids Incorporated. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tegan will continue, and I will continue going down <laughs> memory lane, but for now, thank you, Tito, for today's <laughs> midpoint. And that brings us to talking point number two gaze on film. You were doing TV. Well, GLAAD, we were talking about GLAAD earlier, they just released their report that the major film studios in Hollywood are failing to increase LGBT representation. Really? In fact, it... I feel like there's one in every show, every Well, that movie. you watch. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't specifically watch because of that, but like every show will now have at least one gay character. Mm -hmm. uh, only 23 of 125 films counted by uh, GLAAD featured an LGBTQ character in 2016, accounting for less than 20% of films produced by the seven uh, major studios. There you go. I mean, it also depends on what the movie's about. Like, you can't just put a gay character in any movie. Doing like a... Well, but, I mean, there are a lot of characters that it's just, they have... I, I think it's And then still, when does sexuality even come into like the well, movie? Like but, if it doesn't make sense. But there why. are a lot of characters that they will just it's not about them and their relationship, but you know they have a, a husband or a wife yeah. or a right. girlfriend or a boyfriend. Whereas why not just have oh, just randomly he has a husband. Right. I mean that's I think that's what they're getting at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um although it is funny, uh, no film studio earned an excellent rating 
in the five years GLAAD has tracked this. Um, but Universal Studios earned the highest mark rating, uh, ins rating insufficient. That was the highest mark. But it drew praise for films like Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Which <laughs> Seth Rogen. Did you see that? It's pretty funny. Zach Efron. It, it featured an unexpectedly well-handled subplot involving a gay fraternity brother's wedding engagement. Oh, I need okay. to watch it. So even movies that you don't think are going to be... And of course they talk about the, the remake of Beauty and the Beast and the, the gay moment. Ugh, that was just... What? It was just like overhyped. Yeah, like, I'm tired of hearing about They try to force moment. things in, but like yeah. people complain. But... I'm not against forcing things in. <laughs> Work. Oh no, in the movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 But like people have to understand <laughs> that, I mean, it's a shame that there isn't more proper gay representation, but studios have to make something that sells because it's a business. And these characters have to be relatable to the audience that they're selling it to, which is usually teenagers who go to the movie. Right, but we were just talking about Will and Grace, and that was so successful that they're bringing it back, and that, I mean, it's full of gay characters. Yeah. So you can, you can do both. You can, you can balance that. Totally. There's a really good documentary called The Celluloid Closet. Oh, uh, Vic, uh, Victor, yes. Vito I, Russo. Vito Russo. Yeah, and yes. it's narrated by Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, yes. yes. Very it, good. It goes through a history of um, gays in cinema. Right. And it's really fascinating how at one point everybody was a, a villain in films or you were gay and you were crazy. Oh, no, and I think I, I think Disney, I mean, we we're, were kind of joking about the Beauty and the Beast with Disney, but Disney, if you look back over time, Disney was the studio that every evil villain in an old Disney movie talked like this and was this big, you know, foppishly feminine character. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jafar from Aladdin. Um, yeah, like a lot of the gay villains, they weren't outwardly gay, but... Right, but it, was, but it read that way. Really? Because yeah. Lion King? He was gay. Jafar was Aladdin. Jafar is Aladdin. Oh, Jafar, oh my God. No. Okay. Wait, can I just point out? In Once Upon a Time, they made Mulan a lesbian, so that's cute. That was cool. Oh. oh. Okay. So I mean, things are getting better bit by bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, one uh, movie industry that seems to be getting itself into trouble is the gay porn industry. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, <laughs> oh my God, are we going to talk about that instrument they use? Yes. Well, what is going okay, on? Okay. 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 What? Okay. <laughs> I'm this out of is loop. Okay. crazy. Uh, uh, this gay porn studio called Men.com. Well, ma mandolin. They, okay, they, in this movie, <laughs> one of the men penetrates the other man with a didgeridoo. Ooh, a and like blows up it. Like, wow, wow, wow. Okay, so. Australians, because right. it's an Australian, actually it's an indigenous Australian instrument. Yeah. Australians are quite, you also have to realize, and maybe we can get a photo up on, on the screen, of a didgeridoo. This didgeridoo used in this film is five feet long. So that's a lot of didgeridoo. So um, didgeridoo. And in the video, <laughs> and it, it, this, it gets worse actually, because in the video a sleeping guy is woken up by his friend. Loudly playing the instrument. After being woken, the man gets his revenge by trying to penetrate his friend with the five-foot didgeridoo. Um, so did they like hum into this? Like, I don't know how they do it, but like while it's like in. I think so. Yeah, you got, and it makes this inside of you. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I mean, that's quite the vibrator. Um, 
But uh, uh, I'm horrified by this. Right in the now. Australian media, people are saying it's incredibly disrespectful to the Australian Aboriginal community. And one commenter added, "This is incredibly racist and culturally Go offensive. It, uh, don't laugh, get angry." Um, is this just a no-go? Can Should you they... read the quote, like from the movie that he's? Oh, I, I, I no, they this. don't. Oh, oh, okay. So in the movie, the guy holding the didgeridoo uh. says, "Quote." I'm gonna didgeridoo you in the ass. <gasps> but I people, like low key love it though. But but don't laugh, get angry. Is this is this just blank? Is this offensive? Is it just? I mean, it's, it's not offensive, but just don't do it. Uh, it is offensive oh. in Australia because Indigenous people in Australia have um, a lot of progress to make, as they do in Canada. But oh, yeah. in the U.S. too. But um, yeah, in Australia, like. We don't know much about the indigenous population there outside of Australia, but there's, yeah, it's very offensive to them. Yeah, it's super Yeah, I'm going to second that so bad. as the anthropologist yes, on the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's horribly offensive. And it's, it's really appropriative. I mean, you're taking something right out of the indigenous community there and basically using it for, in a way that it wasn't intended to be used. Um, I think it's. I don't really, think anybody really even thought about it. It'd be yeah. it. It would be like sticking a Torah up in. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's very. How is a mandolin offensive. close to a didgeridoo? I don't know. A mandolin is not close to a didgeridoo. I didn't say that. A mandolin is a. Like it's a, it's a guitar. It's a string instrument. Twelve strings. It's a. It's a, a didgeridoo is a is a wind instrument. It's just so crazy that I find yeah. it so funny, but it's so bad. It's not. Funny. But speaking of wind. But it's just so insane that I can't help but laugh at it. Speaking of wind, mm -hmm. a new survey has come out how to save and push your relationship forward, farting in front of your partner. Never. <laughs> no, what do you do? You, hold you it? lie about it. Like mine You lie about it? How do you lie? So you no. don't fart in, in front okay. of your boyfriend? Relationships no, are about I sacrifice do, then, and suffering. Like, if I do, or if he does, we'll just blame it on the dog. What? But you know the other one is the one who's farting. I mean, he doesn't like own up to it, so I'm like, I guess it was her. But don't you hear it? <laughs> no, they're silent, but deadly. All right. So he okay. never makes noise never when he farts? I mean, everybody does, but sometimes, like the TV is loud or watching TV and you don't hear it because it's loud. Well, sometimes you fart when the TV's not on. But we're always watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> and you do that just to cover up the fart sounds. No. Just, just excuse <laughs> That's yourself. the only reason why How I watch How often do you think people fart? Jesus. Let's go to the restaurant right now. <laughs> I'm very much like, oh, is that I heard a noise on the balcony. Let me go check. Wait, you said go to the the, <laughs> the, the restroom. Yeah. Go to the restroom. Every you time you have to fart. Well, not me. If you like, if you're starting today, someone, yeah, but not like. You. No, but I think I do think. It, I'm like, like, we're not gonna make it past this. Like, you know, we're not. Well, well something's got to get past. But it's like oh, everybody yeah. does it, so why is it a big deal? Well, but but people make a big deal out of it. I mean, uh, one of the best pieces of, uh, this was a friend a long time ago, she said to me, you know that the relationship is going to last when you can fart in front of each other. Yeah. And I think that's true. Why would you want to, why would you want to know, do you want to know when you're going to die? What? It's like, why would you want to know if it's going to last? It's like, wow, like. Well, no, if you, saying. if, no, she I... She smelt the wild fart and she couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> the wild you fart. Hashtag smelt the wild fart. 
boy. No, but if, if you're worry. comfortable with your partner enough to fart in front of them, I think it bodes well for the relationship. It's not about the sound, like, it just ruins the vibe. Like, it's well, watching, it depends on what you're me watching Harry yeah. Potter and it's like, oh, the Weasleys, and then fart. <laughs> that would be the perfect time. <laughs> I wonder if the I wonder if the guy Magic. <laughs> I wonder if the guy with the didgeridoo had to fart after. Stop. I got pumped full of air. Did you finish it's reading right, but it's what okay. this is about? What? Oh, it's fart? it's from a, a woman. Uh, well, that was it. I mean, it's just it shows that farting in front of your partner helps with the relationship. It's great news. How about when you're at a club and they just decide to fart and you're just. <laughs> well, but you happens? don't know who it is. Because it's so crowded. Disgusting people at the club who need to change their diet. <laughs> you, you know, you can control that if you're not drunk. Every time I go out, it happens. Because you're drunk. You? No, it's, it's not you. me. I swear but to God. Sometimes it's oh, you, yeah, though. it's the dog. I swear to God. You're at the club and, and you're like, oh, it's the dog. <laughs> and this is, the, okay, speaking of endpoints. Bop of the week, so good. Is, That's the name of it? No. <laughs> it's Sub Focus featuring Alma and it's called Don't You Feel It. I bet the guy with the didgeridoo. Stop. <laughs> Don't laugh, get angry. Yes. But you're right. It's kind of like, it's funny, but you feel bad for laughing. Yeah. Um, any other endpoint? Nobody, nobody's got nothing. No. Well, it's okay. I got a lot. Um, next week, coming up, is our season finale live Ooh. pointacular. We are filming our season finale live. They don't like. They don't like point. I can't handle that. They they don't like pointacular. Point um, it is part of Nui Rose, which is uh, the festival of queer art and performance here in Toronto. Uh, Saturday, June seventeenth at seven p.m. at the five nineteen Community Center, which is five nineteen Church Street in the Church Wellesley Village here in Toronto. Check out all the info for Nui Rose at nuirose.ca. Of course, we're also on Reverie, uh, the world's largest LGBTQ online streaming service. Check us out there and all their content at reverie.tv. Our, our audio podcast is on iTunes, so check us out there. <laughs> YouTube, subscribe to us, subscribe to us. I, again. <laughs> what? Are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> subscribe to us. <laughs> Press the red button. <laughs> Or his red button. Uh, what, just subscribe. Uh, of course, our website for all things The Point, thepointguys.net, and follow and like us on social media. <laughs> I cannot believe that this is our final in-studio episode of The Point for our first season. Crazy. The only episode we have left is the season finale at Nui Rose. Thank all of you. Thank all of our guests that have joined us this season. Thanks to Doug. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to everybody behind the scenes. Thank you for watching, for subscribing. You have no idea how much it means to us. Thank you so much. Usually we say see you next Tuesday. Of course, the, the uh, assembled version of our season finale will be online next Tuesday. But we will also see you on Saturday at Nui Rose live. Please join us. So we will see you at our live season finale at The Point. See you then. I don't know where to look. At me. <laughs> <laughs>